Greetings listeners, welcome to the WIP12 podcast. I'm Raymond and today I'm here with Sean, aka Yamu. And he's going to talk all about Defiance with us, this this lovely Kickstarter game that uh, Corvus Belly has produced. So, uh, hey Sean, welcome to the show. Hi there, thanks for having me on, Raymond. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, first we, we rather want to learn a little bit about you, so... Um, how did you get into uh, Infinity? So, like many, I first started at my local game store with Warhammer. It mm-hmm. was 8th edition at the time. I bought the Tau because they looked the coolest. They were not good, uh, even close to it, in fact, at the time. Uh, and after losing almost every game I played for the first few months, I wanted to look elsewhere for something that maybe wasn't as unbalanced, I want to say. Uh, And Infinity caught my eye super early on because I was looking into pieces of Infinity for kit bashes. The models are just fantastic. And eventually, while I stayed with Warhammer for a bit longer, I made the jump and tried to get people at my store to make the jump when the <laughs> Knight of Montesa pre-order came out with yeah. the the motorcycle helmet worn over the knight helmet. <laughs> Something about that was just too perfect, and I had to get it. So <laughs> I made our local game store owner find a distributor yeah. uh, to order Corvus Belly product, and I got, I think it was Operation... What was the Winter 4 Operation Kit? Kalstrom? Yeah, Kalstrom, yeah. Yep. And then as I set that up and finally got it fully painted to start running demo games, uh, Crimson Stone came out, and my friends wanted to try that one instead. <laughs> so, but eventually we got there, and I've been jamming out with Infinity whenever I get the chance since. Yeah. So you, you, you got in pretty recently, yeah. Yes, yes. Only with uh, the most recent edition. Yeah. Yeah, eighth edition oh. of, of 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 Warhammer. I I haven't even played that one. I was out before yeah. that. So. Yeah, it wasn't the best to come in on. I'm told. I mean, it both was and wasn't. Depends on the play style <laughs> you're looking for, because it changed everything apparently about Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it certainly had some balance issues. But when Warhammer hasn't, right? Yeah, it's a bit their thing. <laughs> you buy it for their models. Yeah, and the lore. Yeah, Black Library is still great, and I'm really excited for my Infinity novel is coming in soon. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really want to read it, and I really want it to be good because I just want more of this universe. Yeah, yeah. I've just just watched some 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 videos. People made themselves Astartes. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. And it was it was pretty awesome to see. Like, yeah, the whole idea of the Space Marine is still pretty pretty is rock solid yeah they they got that right yeah <laughs> the sound design in that too i mean all yeah. all love goes out because there's one guy who made it at first which is insane to me yeah 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 it's just really cool but to watch yeah it's one of the advantages right of a large fandom like that yeah is that you get so much fan content uh the disadvantage of course being you get lost in the noise a lot easier yeah like when it comes to infinity, it's like there are pe- I, I just see the same names everywhere on the forums and the Discord and the podcasts. It's like it is a lot more insular. 
pretty uh, tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, but there's still enough to keep like a meta going and good discussion because the game itself gives so much. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, there's 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 yeah, it's a layer of onions. Like you have people that do every tournament, you have people that do a tournament, you have people that play games in the local game store, and then you get to a point where there are people who just get the models or play with some friends in their ba- in their basement and yeah. don't know any or have no connection to the the outside world other than their local gaming group yeah and it's, it's just it... yeah and to find out where they uh <laughs> where they are is uh, is still my mission as a warcore like <laughs> go uh right. go, go town to town and look into basements finding uh <laughs> infinity players yeah, where round round them up so you can get a local tournament going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So get get past uh, more than than uh, than twelve. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard. I mean, even up here, like uh, I remember it was actually a big barrier to entry for me as an Infinity player. I was yeah. looking for places to play. I'm in Northern California, but uh-huh. I'm not in the Bay Area. And so I'm trying to explain that to people. It's like, oh, you're in California. Here's some more cores. I'm like. They're they are a four hour drive. Yeah, like, <laughs> I am in I am in a state that is, has a larger population than Canada. Yeah, like it's it, you know it's met, and it's like I got on Discords and I was like, oh, Infinity players, tons of them in Southern California. Yeah, and eventually, I found uh, some Sacramento players, and that was nice. Mm-hmm. But it does it is hard to find like you know your closest war core especially like in the united states you know it's yeah, it's pretty yeah. pockmarked with where what cities have them uh some of them make a lot of sense some of them are just it seems like someone was interested and started a meta and there it is on the map now yeah yeah uh and i'm super happy for the Warcore program i hear it's finally back like more people are getting accepted yeah, again i heard yeah. except which is, there, there have been some expect uh, yeah uh, except uh, exceptions and uh, uh, and yeah the Hopefully it gets gets going again. Uh, there's oh, even even things being shared with Warcores again that the that the local uh, local public doesn't know about. I know things that you don't know, and I'm not gonna Fancy. tell. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but programs like that, I mean, they keep a game alive. Yeah, like they really do. The Warcores, I I don't I never played a lot of it, but I have friends who are super into the War Machine. Uh, scene back in the day and they used to have great community like outreach and game day programs up and they cut that program and the game really suffered for yeah. that and it, it's sad to hear about because they love their models and their armies and all that and it's just they just stopped playing because their yeah. local meta disintegrated when they stopped yeah yeah it's and, uh, it's it's yeah it's it's a, it's a social game if you, you you can yeah you can gather the models and you can paint and that's all solo but by the end of it mostly you're driven by you want to play against someone else and as far as the models go i mean yeah. yes i mean <laughs> the best the best metal models i've ever worked with by yeah. far <laughs> especially these defiant sculpts uh, I have to say, some of these Defiance sculpts amazed me at what they could do with metal, mm-hmm. specifically uh, in the Outcast expansion with the the O12, like they all have those super dynamic poses. I think it's the Raptor boarding squad is like jumping 
and it only has like one small contact point holding the entire model up, up off of a rock. <laughs> and it's like, I get it with plastic, that weighs nothing. But with metal and it just worked, like I thought I was gonna have to pin that. Yeah. Super glue held it and it's fine. Yeah, they uh, they 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 love to do uh, spectacular things with uh, how the models just not a dude aiming a gun, but yep. trying to make them look uh, spectacular. Which at uh, one point sometimes you get too much tactical rock for your liking, but uh... yes, there is a, there is a correct amount of tactical rock. <laughs> it's it's they do great making poses without the tactical rock. Yeah. I mean. I love the uh, again. I, I, it's my favorite model in the entire game, the Knight of Montesa. His mm. dismounted form, where he's just in motion with the sword, and yeah. it's like he's just striding, and he looks amazing. Like that's all it takes. And yeah. the cape is billowing slightly to give you the sense of the wind. And I love little details like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, they 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 knock it out of the park, and they yeah they keep 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 giving. Getting the quality uh, up, uh, and that's—I'm a super big like painter. Uh, I paint for our local game store. I'm the commissions guy. All right. And so I love good models to paint in fun colors. And Defiance gave me that in Spades. Mm-hmm. It ended up being the perfect way for me to really start my Infinity journey because I skipped to the end of it where I was going to collect every faction anyways. <laughs> uh, I I pre-justified it. Look, I already have paint schemes for my nomads and my Ariadnids <laughs> and my Yuxing. Like, I planned this all out, honestly. I'm gonna do this all. <laughs> I got the Platinum Edition, so it's like, I guess I'll start JSA. <laughs> uh, yawn, yawn? I, I mean, that's that's gonna go great, you know, in I, some NA2 faction. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't got time to really look into the yawn yawn yet. They're they're on my backlog. I bought the new starter box coming. Yeah. They might see some play. I don't know. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's get into defiance because that's yes. why I uh, yes. why I got you on because this is this the first foray into kickstarting. Like we now all at this point have uh, tag rate. Uh, yeah has been pledged, is still coming in. Uh, and then after that, we got some uh, Warp Pro. Yep. Uh, give me some good orcs and I will consider is my uh, <laughs> is my current I stand. Think, <laughs> I think a lot of people are on that stance right now with Warp Pro. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard a lot of people are like, all right, if, if it gets this one good orc or good elf or whatever, and they're like, then I'll, then I'm in. Then I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just, I'm pledging tomorrow. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, and I'm very hopeful for Warcrow yeah. because Defiance has shown that CB knows how to run a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were very open with their communication. You know, uh, if there was a delay, we generally heard about it. Yeah. Uh, pretty, I, I assume pretty quickly. I mean, obviously we can't know for sure, but it's like the, the rate of the updates and then... When there was an error, we were informed about it. When they shipped the tiles and they were incorrect, yeah. they shipped out new ones to every Kickstarter backer. Uh, they did a good job of fixing any mess created. Yeah. And the quality of the product that I received was perfect. So I didn't have 
any like there wasn't a single model in any of it that was mispacked or misaligned or any of that and mm -hmm. so they they did the kickstarter they made the money they shipped out a quality product yeah yeah for sure and that's and, and that's an important thing to get right on the first shot yeah because that builds a lot of trust like now when tag rate comes out and gets shipped and everyone gets it uh personally i didn't back tag raid but i did get some of the i tagged on with a friend who's getting it to get some of the heavy infantry boxes because i mean at those rates come on yeah <laughs> uh, but how else am i supposed to get one by itself night of the holy sepulcher yeah uh, and if that's good too then they've got a great track record going forward and this kickstarter thing they're doing is gonna work normally i avoid it but mm -hmm. I'm beginning to trust this company with their Kickstarters. Yeah. Yeah, because I, 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 yeah. I, I haven't jumped on many Kickstarters in the past. I jumped on the RPG one for uh, for Infinity. Another uh, great game. Great game. A bit complex for one who doesn't play that much, much tabletop. 2D20 systems can be a little messy. Yeah. <laughs> And 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 the whole uh, uh, yeah, to create a character is a is a whole game on itself. Yes. <laughs> so, my, uh, my players had a lot of fun with that, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, it's still on my uh, on my uh, wish list to do so, but mostly I'm just gathering the books and I still have to read it all. Yeah, um, and there's so much good lore in those books. Yeah. Yeah, most people I, die for the lore. If you want, if you want more Infinity lore, that's the that's the place to go. Yeah, the RPG books, which yeah. are pretty accessible uh, since they go through Modifius. So the PDFs yeah. online are pretty affordable. Yeah, the new O twelve one. I just finished reading it myself this week, actually, for a mm -hmm. campaign I'll be running soon. Uh, uh, and there's a lot of good like deep dives into each of the bureaus, which was super nice to read. Yeah. Yeah, they they really uh, yeah they, they they really give give a lot of lore uh, to the game, which is not easy to find, and which is one of the uh, right one of the less easy things about uh, there's there's so much so easy access with the free rules and uh, and now where you get the minis, but to get the feel of the lore, it's uh, yeah it's le less 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 easy so uh, yeah. And, you know, people, it distributes through people. It gets yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do so many big lore events, too. That yeah. It is crazy to me that the lore takes almost a backseat sometimes because, like, Defiance itself was a lore event with the Acre on Wormhole. Yeah, yeah. And then, First you time know, humans Raven go I, to their part of the, <laughs> of the system. Yeah. And then also it's the, the discovery of the Speculo Killers... Yeah. Uh, realizing just how good the Shazvasti are infiltrating, yeah, and the moment they break through the Acheron blockade and start getting on places other than Paradiso, yeah, and so it's a very like important storyline, uh, and I am glad they gave us a chance to play through it as well as read it because it does feel very good, yeah. Uh, and engaging with the story is something that Infinity does well. Like with Raven Eye, we just had that whole, uh, was it Dragama? Yeah, takeover. Dragama takeover. And that was Blink fantastic. And you missed it. Yep. I mean, it did happen very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved waking up and just reading everyone's little reports they did. Mm hmm. Uh, 
and it just there was just so much content every day it felt like while it was happening and telling to my non-infinity friends telling them about this made them a little bit more curious about infinity so <laughs> it's definitely the kind of thing that works it's yeah. great for it's just a good story to tell people and they love yeah. that to feel like their voice counted for something their game affected something yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, my name is still in the books because uh, yep. we we did a secret space thing when, uh, with Wotan with Ariadna. And now we have Cosmo Flot. Uh, so I'm, I'm partially to thank people for all the yeah. bears. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bring your love, love to me. It's 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 my fault. <laughs> it's I'm stuck in a paralysis over the bear because I really <laughs> want to paint the bear, but I also really want to paint the unknown ranger, and I can't decide which to paint first. Uh, They're both uh, such beautiful models. I will say do the Unknown Ranger first, because it's a smaller yeah. model. <laughs> That's true. I bet I'm going to put so much detail yeah. on that shield. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Defiance. Defiance, yeah. Uh, I, I have dabbled with Defiance now a bit, because it was my... When I uh, well the RPG, I was I, I hoped that those was a way to get non-infinity players on board, and then I found it too complex to just jump onto people. So when I saw Defiance, like it's a co-op game, I was like, all right, this is my way to get my board game friends into Infinity and give them a bit of a taste. Um, right. So I have painted the starter set. At least, okay. so all the all the Shazvasti are painted and uh, all the, the, the main heroes. Yeah. Uh, just to get the first game out, uh, but I had a bit of a I hit a bit of a snag since it's not easy to do the to play the game if you're the only one who actually knows the rules. <laughs> right, it does slow some gameplay down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I was hoping that you could enlighten. Me and, 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 and the rest of, of the of the of the community uh, with about the game since you had more more experience with it. And I hope I can as well because yeah. I the first time I've tried playing Defiance a few times with my friends who weren't Infinity people but are board game people and we have played a lot of games like Defiance. Uh, cooperative dungeon crawl uh, tactical yeah. RPGs, right? We play there are a lot around. There are a lot of kicker starters around of that yep. that ilk. Yep, and we played Gloomhaven. It was super hard to get a hold of back when it first released. It was like <laughs> this super expensive board game, and that's what caught our eyes. Like that is a big price tag for a massive box. And our game store owner's like, "Yeah, we only got two of them. It's selling out probably this week. It's the hottest game of the year. So of course we bought it. That was the best sales pitch you could give us. <laughs> yeah. And it's similarly complicated." Complicated Gloomhaven to Defiance. So we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into with this. Uh, it was just complicated in different ways. Yeah. Uh, Gloomhaven is less complicated on a rules front and more on a memory front. There's a lot of things you have to keep track of between games. Mm -hmm. While Defiance, you just have to keep track of how many wounds you have and what stuff you've bought and which upgrades you selected. And that's pretty easy. That's it's less than a, a index card of notes for each player to get yeah. through a campaign. Uh, where Defiance gets complicated is its rules. 
And I mean, I, I'm just going to go straight real quick. Uh, I'm going to call this a big part of the ugly <laughs> of this game is because it's not a the rules aren't bad. They're just ugly uh, in that if you have played Aristea, yeah, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the rules you're, you have a jump start on the, a lot of the rules because they borrow from Aristea a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the dice system the dice. and the system with the shields and the hits and yep. the and the hexes and the hexes. Hexes were the hardest part to grasp, especially with the Charon Tid later on, who takes up three hexes and has facing, and that's weird. But with Aristea, the hexes and movement and hex line of sight comes more naturally to you if you've played with that system and the dice before, which lets mm -hmm. you get past one of the hardest things for the new players to understand in this game, which is the hexes and the dice. Yeah. Because if you just take, like, when you start playing with your people, if you just take a minute and just look over the Aristea dice and understand which dice is known for what, how there's three attack die and three defense die, uh, and the color is how good they are. Green is the best defense, red is the best offense, and then you go shades down from there to blue being the second best defense, and orange the second best offense, and then yellow and black are the weakest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with that in mind, it's easy to like now you understand why you're buying upgrades. Like yeah. add add yellow doesn't mean anything to you until you've played a couple games or looked at the dice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and once you get through the dice and that, really the only two things stopping you from getting into Defiance's rule set is the mission setup being very confusing and uh, the method that is the AI and threat cards making you have to keep track of a lot. Yeah. So, with Defiance, I would say uh, you definitely need one player who really understands the game, and you make them in charge of setup. Yeah. Uh, the most common error I see people make in setup, mission one. It happens so often. Uh, for those at home, mission one has in the first room a symbol that represents Naish Sheskin. The symbol means you do not deploy at game setup. You only deploy if there's a picture of them. Yeah. Symbols are deployed later at that location. The text that tells you not to do that is very small uh, and not and super easy to miss. Yeah. Because it's it's not even on the how to read a mission section. Mm -hmm. uh, it is instead, I believe, in the unit deployment section. All uh, right. And missing that, the first game we played, we had nice Sheskin in the first room and lost. And we're like, wow, this is tough. Yeah, yeah. How are we going <laughs> to pass this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, we're playing Elden Ring. Let's let's attack that guy who's <laughs> the golden guy with the big shield on that horse. <laughs> well, eventually, we brute forced our way through it and learned the hard way. Uh, the secret of defiance is that you shouldn't always try and kill everything. A lot of the time, you should kill things if it is actually threatening you. But because of the reinforcement system. 
there is a lot of times where you don't want to kill something if you have someone who can soak the damage. Yeah, because it returns very quickly. That's what I found out yep. uh, when I was playing. Yes. Like, why, why are we shooting this to death? It's already in the room. <laughs> and, and it's interesting. I actually really like this gameplay mechanic with the respawn spaces and the why is because if it takes even one extra turn to respawn, it doesn't get an AI card dealt to it. Like, if you kill it, wait a turn, it comes back the next turn. That mm -hmm. saves an AI card, and that means the threat goes up slower. Because yeah. the threat level is the doomsday clock. Yeah. Uh, alert level four makes the game become brutal when the enemies act first instead. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's another part of this game that's hard to understand. This is the part I would really recommend if you want people to learn the game better is memorize the alert level table, what happens at each of the five alert levels, uh, and how the AI cards work. With those two things, a lot of this game becomes just going through your motions, doing your strategy, figuring out the best moves. Yeah. Uh, without having to check and triple check. Wait, is does this alert... Like, we forget... We still forget that at alert level three, I think, uh, interactive console starts to generate two aggro. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal in some cases, because uh, it, it means that you want to get all your interactive consoles done early. Uh, which encourages you to move through the game faster. Yeah. And that bites you sometimes, because there are some consoles that raise the threat level, but you got to get them early or you're going to get the aggro anyways. Uh, and so when it comes to the rules, that's the chunkiest part of it. Yeah. Is setup, deployment, and how these threat levels work. Once you understand that, it's just do what it says on the enemy card and try and beat them. Yeah. Uh, it does help. You have to thoroughly read the FAQs and erratas because some of the missions have an impossible setup. Yeah. Where they are asking for things that don't exist. Uh, where it's like some of them will show like... Because some of them have colors where it's, it starts on the red side instead of the blue side. Uh, and I don't remember which mission it is, but one of them has that for something that doesn't start on a colored side. It, mm -hmm. it has no colors on either side. It's one of the black ones that just flip. Uh, and it, it can be a bit of a mess. Uh, but with the FAQ again, it becomes easier to handle. Yeah. It sounds the like other... it's all pretty front-loaded. You have to really make sure that you know the AI, know the FAQs, yep. know everything for the setup to start off a game. It's not... That, that was our biggest problem with it. I yeah. got it. I built it. Uh, I hadn't even finished priming it yet, but my friends were like, you just got that crazy expensive platinum edition <laughs> board game in. Let's play it. And I'm like, okay. And then I sat down and read the rules to them for an hour. Uh, <laughs> and that was less fun than they were hoping. Uh, but once you do have the rules, like we were playing through a new campaign of it in preparation for this podcast, uh... I went back through from mission one and started playing again with some of my friends uh, to get an idea of the core box, like in its full. We did the mode we hadn't done before, which is the assault team. Mm -hmm. uh, so you don't just play as the main four heroes uh, because I had a friend who wanted to play Trishula mm -hmm. uh, and she is very good. Uh, mm -hmm. Highly recommend trying assault team at some point because Trishula and Raman have great rules that you don't touch in the base game. 
but which surprised me i'll be honest i did not when i first got the game seeing six characters in the core box i kind of expected you could mix or match uh the truth is the defiance campaign was not designed for that it is very much expecting that you have the four heroes oh and, right and it is hard with the core box to mix and match too much because without jazz, there is no one who can do interact consoles well. Yeah. Uh, without, uh, I'm blanking on his name, Caden. Without Caden, mm -hmm. you don't have a reliable silent killer for the stealth missions. Yeah. Uh, also, Caden being just full on immune to hacking is amazing uh, because it means he can carry the repeater for jazz without him being hacked. Yeah. Uh, it expects you to have someone like Kian Gao who can absorb so much punishment. He is probably the only one that is easy to switch with. Mm -hmm. If you switch Kian Gao for Trishula, uh, she has an upgrade that lets her ignore the first four consequences she takes. So she can be the tank in a very non traditional way. Or if you switch him out for Raman. He has so much healing because his medkits don't give consequences that he can make anyone your tank in a non-traditional way. So if you have a friend who really wants to play Ramon or Trishula from the, uh, for the game, mm -hmm. I would recommend swapping out Kian Gao if you're only playing with the core box. Yeah. Uh, and Uma's the only damage dealer. So I was really surprised looking at it's like the mission design. It is designed around the four heroes, and then you just got two cool. extra models because they wanted to include extra models to get all six of the main factions. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. Well, that's uh, funny. I, they... I just glossed over that because one of my friends was like, I really like how you painted Ramon and he just liked the model so much that uh, we left Uma and got Ramon in. And, and Uma is a killer. Like, yeah. She does a ton. Of, Uma's who I'm playing in our, in our current run huh. and... There's so many shenanigans you can do with her. And it is, she, it's hard to say because all of the characters are fun. I can't think of a, what is well done with this. I had a problem with Gloomhaven at a time, the similar game, and that there are some turns where it felt like I didn't really do anything because my character wasn't in a good situation for it. Mm -hmm. But because Defiance, missions themselves are actually fairly quick. I put that in air quotes. Quick for the genre uh, yeah. because of their objective focus. It is not, you know, rip and tear until there is nothing left. It is go kidnap a Charonted. And that's a big ask, but that's a fun <laughs> ask. And so you can always do something to further the goal. Uh, and once you have that in mind, and there's some tweaks and some bounces, but it is very front-loaded. And once you learn it, yeah, it is close to the best in the genre for experience mm -hmm. because uh, I'll jump into if we can go to good, bad, and ugly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's good about the Defiance? The absolute best thing about Defiance, especially the core campaign, mission diversity. Yeah. There are 12 missions in the core box. Of the 12 of them, only two feel like they play similar to each other. Mm -hmm. Each one introduces uh, a new gimmick or a variant objective that you weren't considering and side objectives to make you really work for that scrap. Yeah. And 
that is fantastic. A lot of the genre boils down, usually in a lot of these dungeon crawlers, boils down to move through this tile set fighting enemies, kill the big one at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've played other other co-ops and found them very boring because of it. It's just, yeah, just unleash the most uh, 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 yeah, uh, proficient or efficient uh, kill streak and then uh, just move on. Yeah, that's 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 mostly very boring to me. You want you want you want more than just be killy killy. And it, my friends, when we were playing, it surprised them. We got to mission two. It has this fun little gimmick for those who haven't played, where you don't start with all of the tiles on the t table, and on turns one, I think it's one, two, and four. Uh, you add a new tile to the end of the daisy chain and then remove the back tile huh. to represent you trekking through the forest. Uh -huh. uh, and it, it is done very well. In the in the lore, they traveled five kilometers to get from the landing zone to where they were escorting the, the Varanzar. Yeah. Uh, and it shows in that when you have enemies constantly coming at you from behind as well as new enemies appearing in front of you, and you just have to find a way to break through the line. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, if you, if you stuff. fall, yeah. If you fall behind, you take damage, and it teleports you back up to the back tile. Uh, but that's you, you falling behind, getting shot at a little bit, and having to hurry to catch up. Yeah. And it also has it's an escort mission. Yeah. You know, you have an NPC, you have to keep safe. Uh, make sure they don't generate any aggro. Uh, make sure you keep a tank nearby or block line of sight to them so enemies can't shoot them, uh -huh. and they have to get in the end. Uh, but, you know, it's it's a little harder than that once you get into it because there's also a console which has a free program if the hacker runs off and hacks. It doesn't do anything else but give you a program and a software sample. But that's tempting because it's so early in the game. You're going to get a lot out of that. Yeah. But it's going to make it harder. And there's a Guaylo that you don't have to kill. But whichever player kills it gets an extra scrap to spend on items. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and it doesn't respawn when you kill it because yeah. it uses the trophy rules. And then, you know, it's like they do something similar. It's the only two missions I'd say are really similar to each other uh, with, I think it's mission 10, which is you guys on an elevator. Yeah. Uh, and yes, it is mission 10. And the elevator goes through each floor. Uh, and on each floor, it adds in new tiles for you to have to deal with what's in this floor, what's in this fresh hell, what's in this spot. <laughs> and while they both do a similar gimmick of uh, re removing tiles and placing new ones as the turns go on, yeah, they are so spread out that you've almost forgotten. And mission two is optional. There's a chance you don't ever do it. Yeah, uh, because you have to have completed mission one with full points to do mission two. You have to have saved Veranzar. Uh, and the mission variety is amazing. You don't feel like you're doing the same thing twice. It's never go out and kill until uh, if you do the bonus mission at the end uh, with the Megalodron, because that's the only one I can think of where the objective is kill everything in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I the one where you fight the K 
hair on its head for the first time uh, has an option. You do have to eliminate it at least once, but you don't have to kill its second health bar before you can leave, which is also something that interested my players. This idea of the boss tempting you for more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, another good thing about that, uh, it has an entire Shaw's army. Like that's not to be discounted. It was no. noticed. It was noticeable the moment Defiance came out. We had a lot more Shaz players. Yeah, because... it, was, it, it was like uh, if you if you're not interested in the game, here's a Shaz army for not uh, for 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 a good price. For a very good price, especially if you get the collector's edition, and it gives you like almost if you get some drones, uh, maybe a Sphinx if you like the tag list and. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. He's on my desk right now with the Noctifer. Mm -hmm. uh, then you've got a great start to Shaz. Uh, yeah. There's so many lists you can build out of what you get in Defiance. Like, you've got all your Taigas you'll ever need. Uh, yeah. Almost full availability, but I don't imagine anyone's running full availability Taigas unless they're doing well, something you never that know. I, <laughs> I really, I really want to see uh, if, if someone's got a way to work full availability Taigas. That's a lot of irregular. <laughs> uh, you've got, you know, Naisheskin, you've got Victor Messner, all the, both Speculos, I believe. Yeah. Uh, the Cadmus, your Seed Soldiers, your Taiga, your Jace, your Calibans. And the only one that was weird to me uh, when I was unpacking it and making it, making it, was the Charontid. Yeah. Because you can't play it in Shaz. No. That's your uh, that's your uh, gateway drug to uh, vanilla. Yeah, yep, because of Nemonica being yeah. restricted to vanilla uh, CA, which is fine. Uh, I more, I prefer how the Guaylo looks, anyways, for my big stompy Shazvasti. Uh, mm -hmm. But as well, if you end up getting the expansions, uh, Outcast has a very good jumping off point for O12. Yeah, you get a sword. because Saladin, uh, two line infantry, you get heavy infantry, and then two raptors and two lynx. Yeah, and then Catherine Cho, uh, where it's like it's not quite a 300 point pack, there's some things you still want to add to that, but with just a couple purchases, you can be at 300 points and with like Easy. one more yeah. box on top of it comfortably at 300 points like yeah. with options uh and then obviously there's all of the mercenaries you get uh to give you a spread across every faction some of which they're not created equally i'm sorry kian gao i love your model <laughs> uh i don't find enough excuses to play him meanwhile jazz is jazz uh, yeah, it's almost uh, uh, yeah, a must-have in any 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 nomad list. She is fantastic, uh, but like, you know, I, I find after playing Defiance, I definitely look for more excuses to make them work. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Uma is okay. She has her place. Caden, there's a couple spots where I like him in. Uh, I keep trying to make Raul Specter work in nomads because i love his model yeah, uh, that's and a great, some, one of the greats yeah yeah 
and then some of them just end up being very good proxies for things. Which is also uh, fine. <laughs> which is also fine. Uh, I'm also very happy that the Platinum Box had Legong, because yeah. I loved his character in Aristea, but his model less. Uh, then the Defiance model is just perfect. It encapsulates him so well. And his gameplay in Defiance is also very fun for the Assault Team mode with the expansions. Uh, he, he will completely break the core box. But... Uh-huh. Uh, and the last, like, the best... The, I, they're all the best, I feel like, with the goods. Uh, if you're going to go play Defiance with your friends, after mm-hmm. you do Mission 9, break for the night after Mission 9, and plan for the next time you're going to meet to do Mission 10, 11, and 12 in one sitting because that is how they're designed to be played. All right. Uh, there is no ship phase between those three. There is yeah. no healing. There is no buying. There is no upgrades. You're already at full power. There is no changes made between those three missions. And they just flow into each other, into the crescendo moment that is this make or break for yeah. the sake of the Defiance crew. Yeah, you're going uh, in for the finale, yeah. Yep. And then if you do it like that, you really do feel the weight of the finale text, like the, the success text for the long voyage home. It's like you're there with them after that. Because it's stressful, those last three missions, uh, because you don't heal between them. And if yeah. you don't have Ramon, it's like you're just taking consequences. And we're at the point in the game where uh, if you take too many consequences, you're just out. Like you're you're dead. Yeah. Uh, if you take more consequences than wounds at that point in the game, because you can't remove them, and it it's this scramble to get out, and ammo is running low, uh, so you can't fire any of your guns more than once unless you have stopped and done the side objective in one of those missions to raid the armory for more bullets. Yeah. And it's like it it. It is so well done narratively, and I haven't seen something with that feel in similar games. Uh, Gloomhaven has a couple missions. It's the one I'm going to compare most to because it's the most similar, Mm -hmm. where you do two back-to-back that are linked in a way, and those are the ones that end up being the most dramatic. Uh, But it, it just feels different with this because the stakes are somehow more real knowing that there's multiple endings while in Gloomhaven there's not as many hard ends to a campaign uh with this if you fail the mission the combined army wins yeah you know like that that's it folks uh and it it just it made me very pleased to read it uh and to play through it and it is a very exciting thing. And it's a great finale with some friends, some beers, you know. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, you're proficient enough with the game that the turns do go a lot faster. Yeah. Especially because they do go, at least on some of those finale missions, uh, there's less enemies on screen at a time. So you don't have to uh, worry about how long turns are going to be for the enemy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's so, it. Say. Sounds like uh, like people uh, who who bought into the Kickstarter and think, well, if we just watch the R, we have still got a very good experience lying in their closet, which they do not yes. know of. 
Yes. Uh, it, it is, once you break through the struggle that is learning these rules, it is a very pleasant narrative campaign. And that's just with the core box. With the expansions, uh, you really get into some of the nitty-gritty of the human sphere as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Uh, Outcast, I will, in my opinion, is better than Revenant. Uh, mm-hmm. If you if you had to pick an expansion for some reason, uh, and canonically, Outcast is the one you'd play first because it represents immediately after the events of Defiance. Yeah. Uh, it similarly has fantastic mission diversity. It has a well done system for introducing. You're fighting O12 and the Shazvasti at the same time. <laughs> uh, uh, and they're shooting each other, too. Like, the missions are this three-way war zone. Oh, you're nice. just trying to get out and keep your head down. And that's done very well, because they will shoot... O12 will shoot the Shazvasti if that's what they can see. But they will shoot you if you're closer. Yeah. So it's this, like... And same with the Shazvasti, where you don't want to ever be in the middle. Because then you're taking bullets from both sides. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's asking for trouble, Yeah. And you can wait a little bit and let one side clear each other out, but then the mission objectives change slightly. Like, there are bad things that happen if one side just completely loses over the other. Yeah. Uh, there's there's even a little, a spicy little non-canon ending for Celadine, uh, <laughs> depending on your performance, uh, where it, oh, it's very well done. Uh, Revenant, not Revenant, Outcast. And there's also... Uh, a mission where you're escorting a tag. I believe it's a Tikbalang, uh, yeah. which, man, that's... Yeah, wish I had one of those. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's super damaged, and it's out of ammo, but if you do the right things, you can fix it up, and then you have a Tikbalang ally on the next mission. Oh, nice. Uh, which very much helps. Very nice, because the next mission's a holdout mission. Uh, it turns out tactical armored gear is used for a reason. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, so mission diversity holds through very well. What makes Revenant weird? I'm going to call Revenant... If I'm going to move to the ugly next. I'm going to make Revenant count as the ugly, yeah. partially. Revenant adds six new playable characters. Uh, they're all very interesting. The mission is designed for all six of them, as well as the two from Outcast, as well as the four from the Core Box, as well as the four from Platinum Edition. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. it has the widest range of mechanics as to prepare for, and I think it, it is to its detriment. Uh, if Revenant was built to just only be played with the six characters from Revenant, mm-hmm. I think it would be better off for it. Uh, narratively, it wouldn't really work because of the very nature of Revenant, uh, being that it's the the mercenary corps that has been started by the members of the Defiance crew. Yeah. Uh, and I guess they have John Hawkwood, too. Uh, somehow, despite him being in his own mercenary corps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the guy, but, you, you swing a bit of money his way, and then, uh, yeah, then, he, then I mean, he's part of your crew. Yeah, he's, he's so cool. I love his lore, but... Uh, it's a little clumsy for that, as well as they tried something new with the missions in that, in that you don't have any particular order you do mm-hmm. the missions in. You pick the order, you do the Revenant missions, and 
the enemy spawns are different based on which order you did a mission in. Oh, right. So, yeah. Which adds some extra overhead clutter uh, because you have to, like, go back and check the chart. Uh, all right, I did this mission first. What gets added to these missions? Yeah. Uh, as well as they had the reputation system for keeping score for the campaign. Mm-hmm. It's the shortest campaign of the three unless you do the bonus missions. Uh, it's meant to be replayed as a high score, and because you can play through it in a different order, and the missions are different because uh-huh. of changing the enemies. Uh, when you have a certain score threshold, certain enemies get added to the enemy pool that just spawn. So there's two Speculos, uh, Tarek Mansuri, uh, a couple other like big-named characters from Infinity... And if you, when they spawn, they will keep spawning on every mission from then on out. All right. Uh, until if you beat them non-lethally, they are arrested or captured. You score bonus points and remove them from the unit pool for the rest of the campaign. Uh-huh. A very interesting concept that only really struggles because of the shorter campaign nature of Revenant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which also, though, Revenant's very important because I believe it added the campaign mission generator for people who can't get enough of Defiance at that point. It does let you play infinitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Revenant also introduces, and Platinum also introduces this problem earlier uh, for those who play Outcast uh, with another ugly mechanic. Some of the characters, Cassandra Kusanagi and I believe John Hawkwood... And Catherine Cho, actually, so it is just natively an outcast as well, now that I think about it, mm-hmm. have, instead of a remote, they spawn a unit from Infinity uh, right. to escort them. Catherine gets uh, a Kappa at first and later can upgrade that. Cassandra gets uh, members of the... I can't remember the name of their church, but the church people from uh, Corregidor... Right, it's Craig All right, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, reference. Yeah. Uh, Moiras, reference. Yes, yes, the reverence. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually she can give me a Sin Eater. Uh, and then uh, John Hawkwood gets mercenaries from uh, Pano and Yuxing. Yeah, the yeah. White Company. Uh, and as a gameplay, like, as a concept, that's awesome. It's very flavorful. Uh, for gameplay, it slows the game down because it adds extra activations. Yeah, you're activating two, two instead of one. Right. And, which it is, yeah. And it takes away part of how Defiance is built. The players have the advantage and they activate before the enemy activates and then it alternates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, now you have these guys who you almost always want to activate last because they are by design less impactful than the hero unit. Uh, so it always feels bad to essentially let the enemy double activate on you if they went and only kind of did something marginally good. Mm-hmm. Until they're fully upgraded, they are meat shields that occasionally kill a taiga. <laughs> uh, which is a shame, because they're the concept of an escort like that is very cool, yeah. very flavorful, but it struggles yep. with the gameplay. Yeah. Uh, another ugly is... The Aristea dice themselves, uh, because it does take a long time to grasp some of their concepts. If you played Aristea, ignore that point. You know them. Yeah. 
if your players haven't, the confusion that is which critical effect wins. Yeah. Because the red dice crit destroys all shields and the green dice crit destroys all hits. Uh, and it can feel very bad the moment you finally get the red die, but by the time you get it, most enemies are starting to get green dice for defense. Yeah. And it's like, which one trumps which? And you have to check, and then someone's going to be disappointed. Uh, and it, it doesn't feel very fluid when it's a crit versus a crit. Uh, but it's because of the order they activate in that causes that problem. Because the, at the right. attack crit triggers first, right. and then the defense crit triggers. Uh, so the defense crit wins. Yeah. Uh, and it can be brutal when an enemy's high roll in those defensive crits and no damage can get through. Mm -hmm. uh, and I almost don't like the Aristea dice just for the red and green. They feel great otherwise. They do a good job with a lot of the upgrades that you store symbols from a dice you roll on them yeah. uh, to give you a bit more control. Uh, there's a bunch of re-rolls, you know, those count blanks as. So, like, it does work as far as proprietary dice do. Uh, I'm personally rarely a fan of proprietary dice systems if they could be avoided mm -hmm. i understand it in this situation for a board game it's fine yeah uh, it's probably also that the aristea team was also the one that behind the defiance so there was like yeah we've got a system lying around let's so that's yeah yep. let's go yeah Make and it, go it, it harkens yeah. it harkens back to the face-to-face -face system we know and love so it mm -hmm. makes sense yeah it just runs into a few things that are easy and this goes with the Aristea dice as part of the ugly. Some of the keywords are hard to remember. Mm -hmm. Like, some enemies have multi-spectral visor, uh, and you can get it yourself as well. Yeah. It doesn't come up very often, though, because smoke grenades are only found in the loot containers during missions, so the chance you won't ever throw smoke in a given mission. And only one of the characters in the base box has access to mimetism i think mm -hmm. uh and so a lot of the time you're attacking with someone who has a visor and you just forget he has it because you haven't used that rule in four attacks but now they're attacking uma and it's relevant you skipped it and you realize oh shit wait yeah they they do add that they do get that bonus uh and so the there are rules state... in it that they're just not coming up that much and once they come up you forget them Right, and they yeah. are fairly low impact. Other than Visor letting them look through smoke, it doesn't do a lot anyways. Uh, same with if the player characters buy a multi-spectral Visor. It mm -hmm. doesn't come up very often. Yeah. Unless you're playing with Legong, because his rule is when he throws a smoke grenade, he gets a smoke grenade back next turn. Yeah. So, because that's his thing uh, from Aristea. Love that they captured that well, though. Uh the other thing to go with that is a lot of the buy time when you're buying items, mm -hmm. there's a lot of confusion there with how some things work. Uh, heavy infantry armor all requires the heavy armor keyword. And it's unclear at first until you like flip through the rules and dig down into it and find that that means that you have to have access to the heavy infantry upgrade deck. Uh, which in the base box, only Kian Gao has that. Yeah. Uh, and then I think Kendrat has it. And then Fat Yon... Not even Fat Yon Yon. There's not a lot of characters that use heavy armor. 
uh-huh. there's a lot of heavy armor options. All right. Uh, and so, so mostly feels... you're, 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 you're collecting gear that you don't need. Or, or it's also you look at gear that you really want that you can't ever equip. Yeah. Uh, like, technically, anyone can equip a hacking device except for Caden. Uh-huh. Uh, Jazz is just the best at it. But only Kian Gao can wear heavy armor. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And some of the heavy armor is really cool. Like, one of it is heavy armor with a contender built into it that uh, gives you an extra black die on basically all checks, like attack or defense, because mm-hmm. the contender is providing suppressing fire. All right, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, because it's a contender. It's what it does. Uh, and it's cool. And I had a player who really wanted that, didn't have heavy inf- armor training. It's like, can I get that somehow? It's like, n- no. Because Trishula ends up playing like a tank, so she wants heavy armor but can never get it. All right, yeah. Uh, and there's some similar things like that, and also some of the weapons. There's some grammar errors, which happens. Uh, I have the English version. Uh, so there's a couple of translation errors that make some things very confusing. Uh, I personally love the rocket launcher. is referred to as two-missile launcher mm-hmm. for some reason. Just by the fact that it's clearly a, a one-tube rocket launcher. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's like, well, does it is it limited? Can it fire again? And one weapon is limited. There's, I think, a Pulsar or something like that. Yeah. Uh, my players never looked at it because it's one shot per mission. Because it's disposable, like yeah. in Infinity. Uh, so I think it, it might not be a Pulsar. It might be a Nano Pulsar or something like that. Uh, no, it's, a, it's an Emirat. All right, uh, yeah, yeah. Because... Because it does the uh, turn off heavy armor thing, it gives the immobilized state. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great item. It just costs a lot and can only be used once per mission, so pe- people overlook it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the last part of the ugly for uh, for this is that also with the item shop, there's an item D charges. We all know them. We all love them. Uh, and they're very useful in the campaign. They blow up Taiga pits with just one action, no roll, yeah. which is great. Tiger pits are very annoying. They also blow open doors uh, if you have the right uh, ability. Yeah. Uh, which Trishula has. The Trishula player loves her D-charges. There's a D-charge in the shop. You can buy it for, I think, two or three scrap, which isn't a lot, but it's not nothing. Uh, you only get one scrap for killing the Guaylo, so it won't even get you a D-charge. Mm-hmm. And you discard it to use it. And it's not clear on if you get it back at the end or not, or if you have to rebuy right. it every yeah. mission. I've asked the forums, I've asked the Discord, uh, and the best I could get was you have to house rule it. Nothing says you get it back, though. Nothing rules as written says you get it back. And so my Trishiel player was like, well, that's sad. I, Because the one that they get, they start with every time. Trishiel has a D-charge natively, one that she yeah. gets every mission. Uh, just like Ramon gets a med pack every mission. Yeah. Which does make them outliers from the core team because that's strange. They have disposable items that refresh, Mm -hmm. uh, which is why I think they're not the core team. Uh, But, you know, and nothing nothing says Raw either that they get them back. That was an FAQ. Uh, So it's like, do you just have one D charge you can use for the campaign? Well, no, you get that back every mission. Why? Because it has her face in the top right corner. Mm-hmm. And you always get that equipment at the start of a mission. I'm like, 
I guess. I thought you get that at the start of the campaign is how it's written raw, but it it it's just a little ugly with some of the nitty gritty. Yeah. Somehow um, they 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 find a way to, to uh, yeah. get themselves a new decharge. Yeah. Uh, and that actually reminds me of some of the bad. Uh, there's not a lot of ugly once you move past. Uh, the rules are a little ugly to learn, but once you learn them, they do make sense. Line of sight. Right, makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Face to face rolls with the Aristea dice work like Aristea, and I don't think Aristea is ugly. So, yeah, uh, people love but it. People love it. It it's it's very good uh, for what it is. Uh, I still wish it wasn't hexes, but I understand why it is. Mm -hmm. uh, but with the bad, uh, there is an upgrade you can get for the Defiance. That says you may store any number of med packs on the Defiance. There's another upgrade that says the exact same for repair kits. The problem with this upgrade is it implies that you couldn't otherwise, ah. which directly contradicts in the in the campaign book that you may leave any amount of equipment on the Defiance between missions. Ah. So are these upgrades just useless? Is it a translation error that is supposed to be you may always take a med pack or repair kit from the Defiance? Like, it's unclear, and at the end, I believe it's just it is an upgrade you don't get. Uh, uh -huh. I think in development, something might have changed last minute with those. Uh, well, I, and repair yeah. kits and med packs were initially very different design. Uh, as they are, they're pretty scarce throughout the game, so it's like I can't even imagine storing them because uh, uh, when you, you go you, you and have you a few and you probably need that fuel already. Yeah. So why why wait with them? Yeah. Right. One also, you know, you're not using your bag slots that much. Uh huh. Every character can carry two bag slot items. A med pack is a bag slot item, but there's not a lot of other bag slot items. There's grenades. Uh, there is, if you have weapons you switch to, which is something that you would do if you have the Emerot or similar things like that. Yeah, so you can or use your you one, a, yeah, yeah. Or if you have a two-handed weapon and a melee weapon, uh, that, that can happen sometimes with Caden, how he'll switch from his sword to guns at some point in the fight, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, if it's worth doing, right? Uh, Kian Gao sometimes has a reason to go from his shotgun to an HMG, but then when things start getting too close, he has to switch back to a shotgun. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, But Uma and Jazz will almost always have open bag slots, because special ammo types is all Uma cares about, and those don't take up a bag slot. Mm -hmm. And so grenades is the only thing Jazz is going to take bag slots with, and Uma doesn't want grenades, because almost no grenade is ever going to do more damage than Uma shooting. <laughs> uh, unless it's smoke. Uh, but smoke is one of the weirdest things in this game. And you don't so. give smoke to a Beno unit. It's weird. Oh, no, exactly. That is weird. It feels, it feels do wrong. It, it's yeah. like it would be good. Uh, <laughs> she don't know but, how to handle herself if she gets a smoke grenade. It's just right. I mean, it's all. And if she when she goes home, it's all she'll talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we should really put some research and development into these little things. They're pretty good. What? No. <laughs> Don't let the church hear that. That's heresy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there is some other bad associated with this with the conditions and the rules. Specifically blinded. There's a lot of status effects you can put on enemies. You can give them stun. That happens a lot. 
targeted, works a lot like we're used to, makes it easier to hit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Uh, there's a frozen, I think. There's there's a couple different conditions. Blinded says that it makes it so you can only make an attack against someone adjacent to you. Yeah. You, uh, which it makes sense. I get it. There is nothing in the game that ends this condition. Uh-huh. Once you apply blinded to an enemy, they will have it for the rest of the fight. And you can just, if your move speed is faster than them, walk away. Yeah. Uh, and they will never be a threat to you again. And Let so the blind Karantid stumble in the corner. Right, right. And the Karantid, now when blinded, can never use their plasma rifle because I believe at least the first fight with it, the plasma rifle is a 3 to 10 range. So if it's adjacent, it has to hit you with its breaker pistol, which still hurts a lot, but the plasma rifle is much more devastating uh-huh. uh, because similar to Infinity, the plasma rifle makes you save twice, physical and biotechnical. Uh, and if you fail the biotechnical save, you take a wound uh, mm-hmm. automatically. Uh, a consequence, not a wound, a consequence. And some characters, like Caden are not going to have a very good biotechnical shield because... No, because you're Ariadne. He's Ariadne. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and while the breaker pistol, he's still not going to fare well against. He'd rather that than the plasma rifle because it's extra bad to fail the save against the plasma rifle yeah. since it automatically gives you a consequence. Yeah. And so the blinded condition... For a while, we had to like really like sit down with our playgroup and ask ourselves like, how much should we be using the blinded condition? Because with the right setup, you can blind like three or four enemies' mission pretty easily, and then just like funnel them through a choke point where they're gonna move block each other and never catch up to you. <laughs> uh, and it's like, voila, you and, just broke the game. <laughs> right. Uh, and I Spiffing wish Brit that kind of action. Oh, yeah, you know, I pour myself a spot of tea, yeah. you know, get to work. Uh, because Defiance is a perfectly balanced game of no exploits. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the blind condition, I wish had... At the end of the day, we decided that the blind condition resets after a turn where they made no attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that we get one turn off, essentially, if we blind them. Uh, or they can still move into base to base with us and then shoot us, and then the blinded condition still did its job and doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. But it's, if it will just because if they make a whole turn without making an attack, they're never making an attack again probably, and that's too easy. Yeah. Uh, so we changed that, and it's not it, that the house rule works fair with the blinded condition. Uh, it gets better later on because some enemies do wipe conditions off themselves in the expansions. Uh, but they never, because other conditions just they have an endpoint. Stunned ends the first time it does its effect, which it makes them ignore a hit. Yeah. Uh, immobilized, I think, only lasts for a turn. It doesn't come up very often again because it's mostly the Emirat's job. Uh, and so it's things like that. Uh, and blinded can affect the player too, but they have ways to remove conditions. So yeah. it's just the enemies don't, and that felt bad. Yeah, uh, since it, it compared to the other, which is only one turn or one action, right? It, that's pretty powerful. If it's and this doesn't go away at all, yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, and then the 
the last part of the bad is how the amount of errata I had to dig through to fully understand this game and then still find things that are just plain wrong in the book. Like uh, Outcast and Revenant had the tile problem, where if you don't know about that, some listeners uh, might be hearing about it for the first time. If they're hearing about Defiance for the first time, they definitely are. It shipped with a different print version of the tiles than the final version. Uh, uh-huh. And this happens all the time in things like this when when you send it off to print and you just emailed them the wrong file from an earlier test. Yeah. Right? Uh, I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but it was probably something like that. It happens constantly in the industry. So they had to send out new tile packs to fix that. Uh, and hopefully everyone got their new tile packs because I believe they're out of production now. Yeah. Uh, yeah and you mind. can print. They, they, they embed on their website. You can print the tiles and if you color print them and glue them over the tile it'll work uh it's just you know you're like well now it's on paper instead of that nice fancy cardboard yeah yeah, yeah. so much uh and that's just very unfortunate and then to have some missions there's a mechanic they mention early in the campaign book uh and this is very important that the tiles do have to be printed in color because the color of a tile dictates what kind of tile it is. Yeah. Uh, and this comes up, this is another mistake me and my players made the first time we played it, uh, in that we just didn't fully comprehend how the tiles worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on a Defiance map, if it is purple, uh, a purple line blocks line of sight and movement. You cannot cross that hex, uh, and you cannot draw a line of sight through that hex. Uh-huh. A red line blocks line of sight, but not movement. A blue dotted line is difficult terrain and costs one extra movement to cross. Uh-huh. And a green dotted line is special terrain that has effects based on the mission. The thing about this is I can't recall in my memory if there is a single mission in the base box that actually has the special terrain have an effect. And it's something we check for. We'd be like, oh, what? Because it says that the green tiles, sorry, excuse me, mean different things on different different missions. Uh, And then it never came up in the base box. Now, in the expansions, it does come up. And the expansions add a new rule with the tiles as well, the high ground. Uh, where units on the high ground uh, have different rules for how they fight because they're they have the higher ground. It's hard. They have to the high ground. Them. Yeah, they're in advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's a concept introduced that makes you want to move to the high ground. Yeah. Uh, for a more tactical experience, and when the tiles are misprinted towards the mission, it obviously makes it very hard to play. So you can't just rough it with the old tiles they are incorrect and the game does not function. So you must either receive the tiles from Corvus Belly, get them off another person who did and doesn't actually care about them, mm-hmm. or print and play. Uh, yeah. Which Defiance is great for print and play, uh, for reference for the stuff with it. The game does not require the models to function. In fact, there is an argument of my friends that the models are best to be used in Infinity 
and the tokens be used for defiance, but <laughs> I painted them, so I'm not listening to them. Yeah. <laughs> because some of the models are very top-heavy, uh, or their bases are a bit awkward on a hexagon map. Right, uh, right. Uh, and uh, the big the big offender is the Jaith, uh, the one with the two shotguns out yeah. behind him, in that he takes up well over one hexagon with that model. Uh, he's so a broad boy, his, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's a broad boy. His base fits on the hexagon. He just goes way over his base in traditional Corvus Belly fashion. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, what you do. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. what you do. It makes it makes accurate movement really easy, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> uh, but things like that cause some problems. But it is something that I was able to look past for the sake of the game. It is something that has to be kept in mind. You will have to read all of the errata. You will have to make some house rules. It will come up. Uh, they, there's a blanket rule that makes a lot of house ruling easier. When you're not sure what an enemy is supposed to do, it does whatever you wish it would do the least. Yeah. Uh, referred to as the evil AI rule. When the AI is stuck between two decisions, choose the one that is the most inconvenient to the party. <laughs> The only problem that has is if you have players who who like to debate uh, and you end up having to make some judgment calls pretty quick or the game can grind to a halt. So it's like, well, what's more inconvenient, shooting our hacker dead or killing the woman we're escorting? It's like, well, the escort mission's worth a scrap to, to accomplish and the hacker would get a constant. And it's like, no, no, just just pick, please. Yeah, yeah. You need to. If you keep it moving, the game plays a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's my good, bad, and the ugly mm -hmm. on good old Defiance. What are the main tips you give to someone who now looks at uh, at their Defiance box and is thinking about those missions that we now spoilered a little bit and uh, give a little bit of a feel of, yeah, this is probably a very enjoyable game, but... Where to start off? What what are the best tips you can give? Uh, obviously, have one, one player should read the rule book. Every player should read the rule book, uh, for sure. Like, take some time with your core group, pass it around, right? Just make sure you understand the rules. One player should be up to date on the errata, yeah. but only one player to pick who's going to be like your game master. Maybe it's who you're hosting at. Maybe it's who owns the game, right? Yeah, they should read the campaign book. And it's and I'm sorry for the player history of the campaign book because while the game's still gonna be good, it, it like the surprise on some of my players' faces as they went through it. I call them my players because I'm the one reading out of the campaign book, so yeah, it feels yeah. like I'm running the game. Uh, you feel like the there DM are some a bit. things yeah. here. I've I've made sure uh, I've been very gentle with the plot spoilers because there are some very interesting twists and turns, but you do have to have at least one player read ahead. Because there are some things that have triggered events that occur. Yeah. Uh, when one thing happens, then this happens. On round X, enter phase this. Yeah. Uh, and you have to know what to do for those, or else your game's going to grind to a halt as you try and understand the wording of the campaign book. Uh, yeah. And you don't want your players getting spoiled on some of the the bigger twists and turns in the campaign. Yeah, you need that uh, good prep, and you have to sacrifice one person to do that prep. Yeah, yeah. I would also say uh, play through it the first time with just the core four heroes if you can stomach it. Uh, for the core campaign, it's built for them. 
you'll understand after playing through it, even if you just play a few missions with just them, you'll understand what roles they fill and how you will have to play differently to bring in Ramon or Trishula from the base box or yeah. Cassandra or the Oniwaban, uh, K- Kitsune, that's what she's yeah, called. Kitsune, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and Legong, uh, they're very different. So you have to understand that before you try them. And it's very tempting to try them, especially Fat Yuan Yuan, because his gameplay is fantastic. Highly recommended. <laughs> uh, he throws grenades all day, every day. And that is all. Yeah. Uh, and he has, he has brass knuckles, which is amazing. Uh, he's going to punch <laughs> the Carol like in the face. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the final... Like, big tip of advice for those looking to play Defiance is after you've got those games in and you've tried it out and you went through with your your little spoiler campaign uh, with the one player, if if you're feeling it, like, play through three missions, play through the first three, and then restart. Yeah. It, it sounds weird, but after the first three missions, you'll have a better sense of it. Yeah. And, you know, starting from scratch again, you have a good idea and you can play through it with a clear mind. Because the, the upgrade system, uh, while not complicated, you can't change them once you've got them. Yeah. Uh, and you only get eight of them in the whole campaign. Mm-hmm. So you want to pick them carefully. Uh, first time you're playing them, don't pick them carefully. Grab the one that sounds cool. You, yeah. You'll know what they do and how they work as you play them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and don't don't first three to get into it, and then then you start to really do the campaign. Yes. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend. And the first three missions don't they give a good variety of gameplay. Uh, you've got one that's a breach and clear. You've got the escort mission, and then you've got a boss fight. That's why I stop at three and then reset, because there's a chance you might have to reset after three anyways if you came into the boss fight unprepared. All right. Yeah. 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 You're dead. Uh, you uh, start from scratch again. Yeah. Yeah, it does, and that does happen. I mean, I saw when I was first getting into it, and I was on the forums and the discords. And there is, if you're on the Infinity official Discord, uh, there is the Defiance channel, which uh-huh. I'm constantly like. I'm still. I can see me there asking a question uh, right now as I scroll up and just glance at it. They they're pretty good because you know we're a good community. While we may be small or tight uh usually if you post a question there it'll get answered if not within a couple hours before the end of the day all right uh, uh, and that's very useful for when you have a question like hey do i get my decharge back <laughs> which that's the one i had to ask uh we don't know how to rule it <laughs> yeah and that's unfortunately the answer for that one yeah but sometimes they have a thing where it's like oh yeah that's in this faq here and i'm like oh, i i glanced right over it you know i saw someone else made the mistake of yeah i just did mission one and uh Naishevskin just obliterated us how are we supposed to beat her it's like oh you're you're not <laughs> supposed to deploy her until the end of the mission and you're supposed to run away from her <laughs> uh very scared because she's Naishevskin and you won't see her for a few more missions because she's very scary yeah uh it turns out if she gets into melee with you it's very similar to what she does in infinity Eat you up, yeah. <laughs> yup, yup, she is hungry. Uh, so yeah, play the first three missions and then restart. You might have to. The Carentid is a tough fight the first time. People post all the time in the forums like, how am I supposed to beat the Carentid? And and usually either something went wrong or 
they did the hard mode boss fight first on accident. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's two sides to the Carrington card, and there's two different Carrington cards in the box. So make oh, sure you're using the right one the right for that one. mission. Yeah. Yes. Because there is a Carrington and a Carrington Lieutenant. Ah. Uh, if you don't pick up have, on that, you get the heavy one from you, the, you face in later missions. Yes. And and you, you're not ready for him yet. Uh, the other problem, and I will admit this is a problem with Mission 3, uh, Mission 2 is technically skippable. Really try not to do that. <laughs> because then you do go into Mission 3 one less upgrade. Yeah. Uh, and that does make it a lot harder, because the second upgrade really helps you feel out your character. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's those are my tips. Have everyone read the rule book. One player read the campaign book. Yeah. Play through the first three missions with the core heroes, and then restart and do what you want. At the end of the day, have fun, right? If yeah. someone really wants to play uh, Kitsune, uh, let them and just find something. You can swap out either Uma or... Uh, Caden really easily for Kitsune. Yeah. Uh, or Fat Yuan Yuan takes the place of Kian Gong pretty well. Is there they is there uh, is there a list of what are the best swaps or? Uh, no, but what they do make it easy is that a lot of them have a keyword on the top of them. Uh, so like Kian Gao's keyword is tank, mm -hmm. and that keyword is also on Kendrat and ah, uh, true. Yeah. Fat Yuan Yuan. Jazz yeah. has Hacker. I think the only other one that has that is Valeria Gromaz. Sounds uh, like right, yeah. Yep. And then Uma has, I believe, Leader as yeah. her keyword, which is a little weird as a keyword. I could also be wrong. She might not have the Leader keyword and she just gets played like well, that. Well, she's Pano, so, people, so she thinks she's a Leader. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then that's also on Catherine Cho and John Hawkwood. Sounds like uh, right, yeah. And then Caden is, I think, Fighter. Yeah. Which is representing a lot of the more melee focused characters, like I can never pronounce his name, but the uh, uh, wow, the Toha guy, John uh, Star, John Star, yeah, yeah, uh, he's a fighter. He does really good in melee. So does uh, Kitsune. You want to have at least one melee fighter in your party, or uh, if you have no melee fighters, someone needs to buy a silenced weapon. Because there are some stealth missions that you'd really like to succeed on. Yeah. Uh, melee weapons are the best way to do that, but the silenced pistol on Uma works as well. Uh -huh. little, little pro tip for the stealth missions, because yeah. we played without Caden the first time, and we had to restart because we could not get past the stealth mission, <laughs> uh, which is where Caden shines, because on the stealth mission, there's some enemies that you can kill without them respawning if you do it with one single turn of melee combat uh, uh, right. or a clean silenced attack. Yeah. That's hard to do without Caden. Caden's very good at that, but yeah. Highly recommend it for those of you who have a sweet Shazvasti army are thinking about it. Also, interestingly enough, the game is obviously designed for four players, but can be played with less. Uh, my current play group is three players. Uh -huh. And we just have, I'm playing, uh, Uma and Kian Gao, because the game does allow for you to play as low down as just one player. Uh -huh. I do not recommend that highly unless you really want to, because it's a lot of bookkeeping for yourself. But you can play it as a single player puzzle. Uh, 
I, I did that before I took the game to my players so I could learn the rules a bit. Yeah. So that's another option. If you just want to set up mission one for yourself and just play through it, I say real quick, it'll probably take you about two hours by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll you'll roll the dice. You'll play all four characters a little bit so you can give advice. Or if you want to soft test a character, you can do that pretty easily too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, yeah. one uh, one man uh, testing group. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can play it two-man. Two-man's very doable because two characters isn't too much to keep track of. Uh, but three and four are recommended. Yeah. Just because also, who doesn't like having more people there with you, right? Yeah, yeah. Sharing the experience. Also, without giving too many spoilers for one of the expansions, you definitely want at least two players for Outcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, that that one's not for single player. No, no. All right. Any 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 final thoughts on the matter? Uh. uh... I, I recommend it. I hope everyone who wanted it got it. I know that that can't quite be the case, but because I saw how fast it sold out on that second wave they released. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you've got a copy of it laying around and want to try it, go for it. Like yeah. I would, I would just try and see. Like also, it's a good inroad for the world of Infinity. Uh, I've watched it happen myself. I played Defiance with someone, and now I'm playing the RPG with them. And now they're asking me how to build a steel phalanx army. So that's it's an inroad to infinity for some people because it shows them the world, and that's what people care about. Yeah, yeah And yeah. it's a very well-done world. For sure, for sure. So any, any shout-outs you'd like to make? Uh, I don't have too much any like media presence or anything, but for people in the like Sacramento area... Uh, the Room 2 game is my local game store, and I'd love to, if anyone that happens to be in the area, come in and talk about anything or play some Defiance. I've got a copy. I'm happy to run at the store. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, long shot, but hey, if it gets even one more player into the game, I'm down for it. Yeah, that's how we get them, one by one. Yeah, yeah. one by one. Well, Sean, thanks for, for coming on and sharing uh, this knowledge about Defiance. It's uh it really piqued my interest to uh, at least uh, give it another go um, and uh, get a group which also reads the rules because uh, that sounds like the, the, the most important factor that you're not the only one who's like, how does this AI work and how does this work? And it just it helps a lot. The rest are waiting for, for it to go over. So, uh, yeah, yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. And thanks for having me on. I had a lovely time. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Jan. That's Defiance. Uh, it's more than just uh, just the Shazwasti army. Um, so yeah, listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in, and I will see you all next time.